Hello and welcome to Inside Fingal, the podcast that gives you an insight into the work being done by the councillors and staff of Fingal County Council to make Fingal a better place to live, work, visit and do business in. My name is Jerry McDermott, I'm the Media and Communications Manager here at Fingal County Council and I hope you'll stay with me as we continue to inform you about the work of your local authority. Well, National Heritage Week 2021 will take place from Saturday, August the 14th to Sunday, August the 22nd. And here in Fingal, it will be supported by Fingal County Council's Heritage Officer, Christine Baker, who has joined me on the Inside Fingal podcast to talk not only about National Heritage Week, but also the role of the Heritage Officer and the importance of knowing about our heritage. And she'll also be giving us an insight into some of the amazing heritage projects that have been undertaken here in Fingal. Christine, Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I hope you're keeping well and you're not too busy preparing for National Heritage Week. Um, can I start by asking you two very basic questions? What is a heritage officer and what do you do? <laughs> okay, well, the Heritage Officer Programme, the Local Authority Heritage Officer Programme, has been in place since about 1999, and all but one of the 31 local authorities now have a heritage officer. So, what we do, well, the brief is really wide. Um, essentially, we're there to raise awareness of the importance of heritage across the county and within the local authority um, to provide advice, guidance and information on heritage and best practice and um, to support communities in promoting their heritage and um, to undertake research projects um, such as the many we've done in Fingal and um, deliver the heritage plan and input into other policies, support National Heritage Week, of course, and answer general queries, which can be anything from decorated stones to suspicious bones. So, yeah, we've a lot to do. <laughs> there is a lot to do. And and what would you define heritage as, as? Or is it possible to put a definition on it? Well, again, it's very wide, isn't it? So you can have your, I suppose, what people mostly associate with heritage, your rooms and your archaeology sites. So you have your archaeological heritage or architectural heritage but you also have things that are less tangible like your folklore um, preserving field names like we did with the field names project in Fingal and then our maritime heritage our industrial heritage our cultural heritage our arts heritage I mean it goes on and on it's part of us it's part of us as a people. Now, Fingal County Council is a very, very relatively young council uh, we were only founded in, in sort of 1994 but the heritage of Fingal goes back a long, 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 long time, even even to the actual name of, of Fingal. Yeah, Fingal does go back uh, an awfully long way as as a place um, in terms of probably the 6th century, the 7th century it was known, became known as Fingal, the land of the fair strangers um, associated with the Vikings. But it's always been known to the Anglo-Normans, to the Welsh, to anyone who visited basically as Fingal or Crickall, the, the place and, and, you know, the one thing that I've noticed from some of your work and that sort of thing is that we have found plenty of evidence of all those different people coming through Fingal over, over the many years and centuries. That's exactly it. Um, I think we have just had wave after wave of people um, through our community archaeology programme, I suppose, has really added to our knowledge of the people who have um, settled in Fingal. Not alone in, we also have like the monuments that we can see. We also have a lot that are subsurface, at least 40% of our, our monuments are below ground. We can't see them. But things like the archaeology program um, give people direct access to their past. So in Swords Castle, 
we found out, for instance, that there was an earlier burial grant before Swords Castle was built, dating to the 10th century, or in Braymore Castle, again, that there was earlier settlement there before the castle that exists. So we're showing again and again that these new communities are arriving and being absorbed into Fingal, just like that, that, that continues to happen today. You mentioned your archaeology digs uh, there, and, and they've become quite famous, uh, the dig at Swords Castle, and, and uh, also you did the dig at, at Braemore Castle, and, and also in um, Dr- Dramana uh, outside Lachini and that. And what strikes me is that's a great opportunity for members of the public to get involved in, in basically uncovering the history of their area. That's exactly it. I mean, Awareness leads to protection as well. So something like Dramana Promontory Fort that's sort of out there um, on the coast, um, people mightn't realise just the wealth of knowledge and, and, and resources there and that people from the locality can uncover that. We found evidence for contact with Roman Britain. I mean, that's massive, you know, and to... People who who live nearby did that, you know, in conjunction with archaeologists. It, it, it's it's a great feeling, I think, not just for them, but for, for us too, to be able to facilitate that. Yeah, and and is it a great feeling when you discover something like you're you're, you're scraping away the ground and you come across something, and then it turns out to be something that's quite significant? Is that must be a great? Yeah, feeling. it really is that that joy of discovery, and you don't get it just through excavation; you can get it through. Some of the other projects we do as well, so the geophysical projects or um, just the field walking or, or, you know, it's that joy of discovery. But, yeah, it's most tangible, I suppose, when you are scraping the ground. And it's not always the obvious things either. We found um, a tiny piece of pottery in Dramana that it's to do with um, a pestle and mortar and how food was prepared about 2000 years ago on the site. It's those little things that give us insights onto into the life of people at the time. And it is, of course, very much still a, a great place to live, uh, even now in, in 2021. And, and I suppose that's the council's mission is to, is to make Fingal a great place to live, work, visit and do business in. I suppose a lot of your work then has implications for, for other strands of, of um, what, what happens in Fingal. Like, for example, you know, as you begin to discover places are are historically important you know that helps the tourism side of things doesn't it it does yeah um counties in ireland so we've a lot of new people coming to to what essentially would have been small towns and villages um and it creates that connection between the new and the old and we're very lucky to have um a great network of historical societies and heritage groups the people that are really the sort of the backbone of heritage across fingal their expertise that they and their knowledge and all that information that they've garnered over decades you know that they share and that forms the basis for heritage guides and and virtual tours and you know things that people from outside can connect to and and do you feel that there's been a growth in the interest in heritage? Like, obviously, this particular period is a very significant one in terms of the history of Ireland, you know, being the centenary of, of so many things that happened from 19, the 1916 on to 1921, 22, uh, and that. Does that does that sort of replicate itself in, in the level of interest that uh, would be among these uh, local community historical groups? I think it does, yeah. But also, I think... Um, this past 18 months or so with COVID has given people a chance to connect with their surroundings and the, histo- the history. 
being in their towns and in their places as well. So, and I think one of the projects that we've done that reflects that is Snapshots of Fingal's Past. So again, it was calling on the the knowledge of our our heritage groups to to kind of capture the photos and and the memories and the stories that go with those. It became a virtual exhibition. Um, It was kind of prize winning for Heritage Week last year. And this year we, because people like to hold stuff in their hands, I suppose um, we produced it as a publication. That's very good. And and do you find that uh, technology is helping you in, in the work that you do? Because you, you mentioned there about doing videos and, and, and that sort of thing. Do you, do you find that advances in technology and the ease at which it is now to record things, uh, that that's helping to preserve the heritage? I think it is. I think it also gives us access to places we might normally get into. Um, for instance, um, Resurrecting Monuments Group and Saint, the Friends of St. Dulux have produced this fabulous, they're using new technology to produce this fabulous um, 3D tour that you can access a building that if you weren't, there's lots of stairs and lots of nooks and crannies and stuff. So if you weren't in your health and strength, you wouldn't be able to manage anyway. But you can zoom in and have little community members tell you about the different areas within the building. Um, I think Castleknock Tidy Towns are doing a virtual tour of their area. So again, it's all about giving access and bringing that connection to people. Now, having said that, I'm not sure everybody likes the Zoom talks, but <laughs> again, it's reaching that wider audience. Yeah. yeah. It would be encouraging people to come and visit when they can or when it's safe to to these yeah. places. Yeah. And, and you know, as you talk there, I, I'm reminded of one of the other projects that you're working on, uh, Fingal Heritage from the Air, uh, which I know you've done a couple of um, sort of episodes of it uh, to this point, but th- those two have been very, very exciting and, and spectacular as well. Yeah, well, that's thanks to our digital officer, uh, Mark Broderick, who, who provides the um, <laughs> the fantastic visuals. Yeah, but it's, again, it's trying to capture some of those places and highlight the heritage that we have in Fingal. We recently had uh, Roisin Burke on the podcast talking about the new Fingal development plan. And, and one of the themes in the issues paper is cultural heritage, uh, which I know you are heavily involved in. How important is it for heritage to be taken into consideration during something like the development plan process? Very important. Um, I don't think until I started working with the council, I think like many people, I didn't realise the importance of having something in a development plan for things that will happen down the line, whether it be projects taking place or funding being, being made available. It's having it, those objectives in the development to, to protect, to promote um, our cultural and natural heritage. Very, very important. Um, as part of that process, um, I had to look at the submissions for the first stage. And there was over 300 submissions, which just tells you the level of interest people have mm-hmm. in their heritage and, and making sure it's there for the future. Like what were people what were people um, sort of making submissions about? Um, well, they were very like heritage. <laughs> they were very, <laughs> they were varied. Um, everything from, I suppose, specific places to... Um, wanting to have more Irish language involved, preserving field names, having heritage considered when um, the coastal way is being put in place to encourage tourism. So again, a variety of, of issues, I suppose, that people hold dear to their hearts in terms of, of heritage and wanting to see it preserved. You mentioned language there, the Irish language, but uh, I understand there was also at one time a Fingal language. 
Yes, I believe so. <laughs> it, a combination of, I think, Old English, Welsh um, and Old Irish. So uh, I think Bernadette Marks down in the Swords Historical Society has, do, has done a paper on it. So You, you, you mentioned Bernadette Marks there uh, from Swords. People like her do, do fantastic work on the ground, don't they? Absolutely. And again, it, you know, a lot of our projects couldn't be done without community involvement. And we're sort of developing a, a really stalwart, interested group of people who, who will take part in, in a lot of different projects. Yeah, and, and do you find that young people are beginning to take an interest in heritage? It depends. Through the, say, for instance, the community archaeology we had, um, it was completely intergenerational. So we had everything from everyone from 18 to 90. What I'm hoping is our upcoming project is about um, climate change. What we've done is taken undertaken a risk assessment and the vulnerability of, well, we have about 2,200 heritage assets. Now, they include archaeological monuments, um, runes, domain lands, geological sites. But what we're hoping to that people will get involved in is our citizen science monitoring program, that they will kind of look at the monuments or the sites in their area and just keep an eye on them and report to us um, any sort of climate associated differences and and after maybe if there was a storm or if there was a new site turned up after um a sandbank collapsed or you know it's just to to try and involve people in protecting their heritage into the future against this major challenge which is climate change is it is it a big threat to our heritage Yes, <laughs> it's the short answer to that. Nearly all the sites that we looked at have had some level of threat to it. Um, there's about 280 that have two, three or four threats to it, which are greater danger. So those particularly we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I suppose, you know, like County Hall is across the road from Swords Castle. And I think we've been watching over the last number of years that the the preservation of Swords Castle has been a lot of work done on it to, to preserve it, particularly along the East Wall and, and that. How important is it to the county to have something like Swords Castle still very much usable and, and very much open to the public in the main county town? Oh, I think it's of great importance and of great interest to people as well. Um it, it was shut for such a long time, and I think that was such a pity. Um, but the reopening and, as you say, the enabling works and, and the dig associated with it and it becoming a, a venue and a, a tourist centre as well, of all, you know, with any old building or site, it's the use of it and the continued use of it that's important, that people um, can access it, can... Yeah, and, and even have concerts, and I, I think that you know having things like that where you're you're introducing maybe a, a new audience to to the castle by bringing them along to something that they're particularly interested in, like a concert. Yeah, and absolutely, and that's the theme for um, Heritage Week this year as well is to introduce new audience or the people who wouldn't traditionally think that heritage is for them, and and seeing seeing heritage in a, in a, in a new light as well. Um, I particularly like working with the arts office as well. Um, you can, you know, having that different perspective on heritage is fantastic. And in, in, in what what do the arts office bring to it? Like what, what sort of perspective would, would they bring to it? I suppose you could say an artistic. <laughs> 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 but it's just it's just in terms of interpretation, you know, yeah. um, it, it's that different eye. I find fascinating. 
I mean, a big part of, of sharing heritage is the interpretation of it. We brought out some heritage signage guidance. Um, and I suppose the first thing to note about that is <laughs> the first question in that is, do you need signage? It's more about interpretation and doing, um, say, a heritage audit and an interpretation plan. So is it better for your community to hold a, I don't know, a Viking day <laughs> you know, in your area or a, a video tour or, you know, do an oral history project rather than having a sign? What, what combination of those work best yeah. to interpret and share that? Because we have such a fantastic heritage in Fingal and it's to just get that across to people, get it out there as well. And, and one thing about Fingal is that it's, you know, it's very much an agricultural uh, county, even though it's on, on the edge of Dublin. I think it's 53% of the of the land in, in Fingal is, is agricultural and that. And mm-hmm. you've done a lot of work with the agricultural community, particularly around field names and field monuments. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one of our late, latest projects was to preserve the field names um, of Fingal. As you say, it's a lot of it's under agriculture at the minute, but there is that pressure with development. So it's to try and make sure we preserve those names. So the COVID kind of put a halt to the gallop on that one for a while, but a lot of really enthousi- enthusiastic volunteers have gathered the field names and they're up on uh, mehullogannam.ie for everyone to see. So hopefully we can continue to add to that. And and you you mentioned their names, um, you know, like and and development, and obviously when we have development, we have um, new places being created, like new estates and and uh, new communities, and that. How important is it that there's a link uh, in in naming, say, new housing estates to the heritage of the area? Well, I think this also brings us back in a way to yeah. the development plan, because there are objectives in the her- development plan to do with naming developments that they should be reflect the history or the folklore and the language of the area and that's something the field names can also feed into and it's definitely an important way of of preserving those names and those traditions. As you said earlier you've an awful lot of projects going on uh, all around the county. Uh, Christine is there any one particular project that that you would sort of feel is your is your favorite or that gives you the most satisfaction? Oh gosh (laughs) Well, I mean, as an archaeologist, I love the archaeology program, <laughs> but um, a really interesting one we're working on at the minute with the um, Heritage Network is Legacies of Conflict. So the idea is to gather all the information on the conflicts that happened between 1914 and 1945 and produce outputs on that, whether it be mapping or looking at specific areas like the role of women or you know, during that period. So that's something we're working on at the moment. And and when do we, when when might that be finished and, and we'll see things coming out of it? Probably the first output would be the, towards the end of this year, but I, I'd like to see it as this, it's such a wide area that um, I'd like to see several outputs coming. But it's community led. So it's, it's, it's what the people want <laughs> as well. Yeah. You, you mentioned the Heritage Network. What, what is that? It's the group of, I think it's about 13 historical societies and heritage groups. So we would meet on a monthly basis and discuss commonalities and work on projects together. And, you know, if there's a good sources to be had or, you know, they all hold lectures on a monthly basis. So people are invited to each of these lectures as well. So it's just a way of connecting all the historical societies together and sharing information. 
and from the sounds of things, it sounds like a very vibrant community. It is, yeah. Again, you know, it's a lot. It's all on Zoom, <laughs> um, our teams. Um, but yeah, we hope. I think everyone's hoping maybe that we can get back to more live events in um, the autumn. And what's the plans for the future? Do, do you have things that you you want to get done? Well, I mean, the main thing is the delivery of the heritage plan. Um, we also have to look at which sort of encapsulates a lot of those projects uh, um, that we've talked about. But also we're going to have to do a new heritage plan. It's it's in tandem with the development plan. So that's a process that will be starting towards the end of the year. I'd like to focus as well on the women of Fingal. I think we need to knit the women back into everything um, um, in, in terms of heritage. And just, I suppose my hope as well is that we can get back to more personal live community events yeah absolutely covid has been a, a big disruptor in in a lot of the stuff that you do has it well do you know what people have kept going you know um everyone's been fantastic in terms of taking part in projects online and, and contributing but there's, there's nothing like the face-to-face is there dear no, there absolutely isn't. And even this interview has been done remotely as, as well. So. <laughs> um, and, and if somebody's interested in history and they want to get involved with one of these local historical groups, how should they go about it? Well, all the information, everything we've talked about is on our website. It's on the heritage and conservation um, section of our website. There is a lovely picture of Braymore Castle. That's the one. So there's lots of different buttons about heritage community, heritage and climate change, tourism, community archaeology. So there's lots of links to publications, to the reports from a lot of our projects and to the heritage societies directly. And of course, we've got National Heritage Week coming up. Um, What's going to happen between August the 14th and 22nd? Lots of things. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't haven't got all day. (laughs) (laughs) I won't list them. You can go to heritageweek.ie and you can zoom in. I know Fingal Libraries have a great program lined up as well. If you look at um, Facebook, their Facebook link or their Twitter link on social media, on Fingal Heritage. Um, A lot of these things will be put up at the last minute, you know, yourselves. (laughs) But um, I'm sure there'll be something for everyone. Yeah, and I, I already hear the, the ads going out on, on national radio for, for National Heritage Week. So there's obviously going to be a lot of focus on that particular week, but it's not really one week a year, is it, Heritage? No, Heritage is for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's some it's something that's part of us and something we can get involved with at any time. So, um, and of course, I'm here for support for any group or, or individuals that have have particular projects and can be contacted at heritage.officer.fingal.ie That's great and that's a good way to end uh, our our chat Uh, Christine, thank you very much for joining us on Inside Fingal today and giving us such a wonderful insight not only into the work that you do as a heritage officer but also into the rich and varied heritage that we have here in Fingal and as Christine said if you want to find out more about the work of Christine and Fingal County Council in this area you can go to fingal.ie forward slash heritage hyphen and hyphen conservation. So 
That's it for this episode of Inside Fingal. My thanks to our Heritage Officer, Christine Baker, for being our guest today. And don't forget that Heritage Week takes place between August 14th and 22nd. And there is plenty of information about it on the Fingal.ie website, as well as heritageweek.ie. If you have any comments or suggestions in relation to the Inside Fingal podcast, please email podcast at fingal.ie. Remember, you can follow Fingal County Council on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn and also at fingal.ie. Thank you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye and stay safe.